Welcome to today's episode, Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights. I'm here with Chris Ivey, as you can see from the show title. Been looking forward to this. He's the uh, director, kind of the founder of the sports group within Heritage. Heritage was uh, very well established by uh, my friend and Chris's dad, Steve Ivey, as, as one of the co-founders there. But they have gone on to uh, great work in the sports area. But And they're also a sponsor of the show. However, they're not the only sponsor. I have another auction sponsor. It takes a different approach. Uh, Bill Huggins, my also longtime friend with Huggins & Scott. And then the three card companies that uh, are, are on board, Panini, Tops, and Upper Deck. A couple of card shops, uh, Rob Veras at Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Fruitman at Mike Stadium Sports Cards. Beckett Authentication, Beckett Grading, Beckett Media, my uh, former company, and uh, lots of friends still there, as well as ComC, which does the third-party selling of uh, collectibles. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you for having uh, me. I want to just use this episode to kind of let our listeners know your background, that you're you're the son of Steve, but you are a force in your own right. Your dad had a lot of wisdom in making so many right decisions with, uh, with, uh, especially with coins, but he wasn't a sports guy. And thankfully, thankfully for the hobby, <laughs> and I hope you've enjoyed it as much as it seems you have. Uh, what a great ride. And you're really on a winning streak. So tell us some of that story of how you talked your dad into it or, or how, uh, how you got away from the, the, the coin collecting bug. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. And well, found true religion with the <laughs> sports is the number one. Sports is my passion. Sports collectibles has always been my, my interest. And, uh, yeah, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm very lucky to be, uh, to be born into into a family that that enjoys collectibles, but the interesting thing is I've uh, I never as I grew up I never had um, any thought of working with my dad or working at Heritage because it was a coin company yes. when I grew up coins and currency and I had very little interest in those. Uh, it was fun because you know I would go to shows with my father yeah. and uh, I would always work my way to the very back corner of the room where the sports collectibles were at the time and uh, I'd, I'd wheel and deal and, right. and have fun and uh, and do my thing. Um, but again, yeah, it was it was something that was fun for me. And, and uh, something that I did with my friends uh, as I grew up. But again, I never thought I'd be able to make a career out of it or that I'd, I'd work in it. When you were collecting, I mean, you, your, your auction is just noted for having such a fine eye for the, for the best stuff. Is that, was that, and your dad had that too in the coins. Was that your collecting interest or were you in the more mundane stuff and working your way up? So I, I mean, how did you. I, I started as a kid, so I was you know nine ten years old. So I was collecting you know mid eighties uh, you know okay. as, as sports collecting was was very astute, uh, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, as, as sports collecting was 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 ramping up and getting very popular, as you know at the time there were yes. shops popping up on on corners all over the yeah. U.S. and and, sh- and a lot of shows and 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 Beckett uh, Beckett so, baseball card monthly circulation was yeah. uh, was massive, but it was great. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, I grew up, you know, collecting the, the athletes of the day, you know, Will Clark and Barry Bonds and, and Don Mattingly and all those guys. I really enjoyed it. But I did evolve. As I got a little bit older, uh, I started getting out of the more modern stuff. And one of the last things I did um, before I um, you know, graduated high school and kind of got out of collecting for a little bit, which is a common thread for, right. for a lot of collectors. Me too. Um, I, uh, I sold off most of the modern stuff, and I bought two, uh, a few high-end sets out of Superior Auction okay. uh, in, out in L.A. I, I think I bought a, a 1963 Tops, a 1956 Tops. Okay. And, and and got some real high end sets and I enjoyed them uh, and then and then as I got back in the business uh, in my early twenties I ended up selling those off and they were they were helpful yeah, yeah that's cool yeah. Uh, do you collect still or are you I mean you're you're handling things that are going through your hands are so uh, it's so amazing I really enjoy 
handling the material. Um, I feel like I'm a curator for it. Yeah. I'm taking it from one home and finding a new home for it that it's going to be uh, looked after. And I love the, our process that we, uh, we get to uh, image the material, uh, we get to evaluate it, we get to describe it, and then we put it online for it to be to live forever right, right. so people can research it and find it. And, and, and You've got an amazing database it. now, don't you? I mean, is that, is that a, a lost leader for you to kind of show that you're trying to establish market leadership? Or is that uh, because it's, it's a valuable resource that anybody can use, as I understand? Yeah, it's free, absolutely. Right. Um, you just have to put in your, you just have to register yeah, as a register, client. Right. And, and even then, you can still get uh, the title and the, and the one image, I believe, without registering. But once you register, you can get access to, to everything. And, and I wouldn't call it a lost leader, actually, because, because we, we've, we use, you know, we use our uh, uh, search engine optimization to to show. Uh, you know, and so, if, if someone comes up with a with a neat item, a Ted Williams jersey, or a or a signed baseball or a card collection, and they Google search it, and they come up with one of our prices realized, and end up contacting us for it, yeah, um, yeah that helps us get fresh material in the door. So, we've, we're up to over one hundred thousand. 100,000 uh, sports results, and, and well oh, over, cool. we're approaching 2 million results uh, for collectibles in general, including coins and, and the other uh, uh, 30 categories that we handle. One of the criticisms from before I started the price guides was that y- more information is going to mess it up. Mm-hmm. People, you know, you're, you're going to level the playing field. People are going to know what things are worth. But the opposite happened. As people knew what things were worth and got comfort and, got, and, and saw reliable, which you're providing, it makes people bid more. Because they're more secure that, hey, this has already gone for this, this, and this. I can be comfortable paying this much. And frankly, lately, whatever something sold for three years ago, if it was a nice thing, you know, it's probably double digit increase from that. That's, exa- that's exactly right. Yeah. We, you know, this, this is, uh, due to, to co-founder, uh, with my father, uh, Jim Halperin yes. uh, is his partner and, and Jim's a visionary and, and very forward thinking. And he knew in the, in the mid 1990s that commerce was going to be moving to the internet. Um, and so we were actually the, one of the first companies that invested heavily into our online platform. Uh, we had interactive bidding software before anybody else. Um, and then, you know, Jim also started publishing, um, population reports and price guide data online with the lots. And initially a lot of dealers and, and people were asking, why would you do that? Yeah. Cause you know, that, that information really was, was what proprietary. Helped, was proprietary yeah. at the time. Absolutely. But as you pointed out, you know, it's easy to look back and see it now. No one saw that at the time. Well, he was that, proven right. Right. As you give collectors information, it makes them more comfortable and right. they'll right. push the prices up. Right. And yet you st- well, I want to mainly talk about your hobby journey, but it just seems like it's inextricably linked to heritage right. and so much of the heritage stuff is one of a kind that you're coming up with these personal items. Is that was that ever appealing to you as you moved into your into your collecting phase? Are you are you serious? You're really just a curator. You're, it's just passing through your hands, and you have a collection of of uh, digital photos. <laughs> <laughs> of amazing items. You have the greatest <laughs> digital photo collection in the hobby. I, I do still collect a few things. I mean, I still have a, a portion of the collection I collected as a kid. Uh, you know, uh, unfortunately for my parent, my mother, and, and, and my wife, it still takes up a, a closet in the house. Um, and, and the only thing I still actively collect, I went to the University of Texas, and so I, I like collecting oh, okay. items related to, to UT football, UT baseball, old photography, game-worn equipment, that type of thing. Although I don't display it anywhere, I do. I do. Mm-hmm. I have a few pieces displayed in my office. Yeah, that's um, so that's what I still collect. But, uh, but yeah, I as far as um, uh, baseball cards and, and, and stuff, I'm not actively really adding to my collection. I, I still love this stuff. Yeah. Uh, but How I, typical is that experience from – you have a really strong team at Heritage mm-hmm. in the sports group of the guys I'm aware of. Do they kind of – are they similar in background to you in the sense that they're not really as much collectors now that they were? And they're really savvy and they understand grading and they understand scarcity 
Is that what you're looking for? And I, I understand you're looking for to add. You're successful enough that you all are growing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're always we're always looking to bring on talented. But they're like that. They're like that. They can't if they're still collecting real heavy. Is it getting away? Or I know it doesn't really. I mean, it, it it varies from person to person. But everyone's everyone's there because they love it yeah. and because they collected at one time or another. They understand the hobby. Um, and so you know, collecting as you know, it's something that's just kind of innate. It's a little mm-hmm. bit in your blood. Um, and so it's it's something that's hard to to give up. So if, a lot of a lot of collectors we found that you know there may have been someone that put together a world class coin collection or a yeah. world class um, gun collection, and it's about the thrill of the chase and it's fun uh, completing the collection, finding right. everything, and then once a lot of times once collectors sell a collection, uh, they'll start to build another type of collection. Yeah. Yeah. They enjoy they enjoy learning about it. They enjoy finding the items um, and, and putting it together. That's really what what the what the personal satisfaction comes from. Who was the first person you hired? It, 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 who, who was the first one that came on board? Was it? Uh, it was a gentleman, gentleman named Stephen Carlisle, who's still here locally and and uh, and a friend. Um, and then and then soon after Stephen uh, was Jonathan Shire, okay. who moved to Dallas from New York, and he's still our primary cataloger. To this oh, day. cool! Yeah, cool. And then you've just added people along, and 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 now you're looking for somebody that's more of an intake person or somebody that's knowledgeable of identification and all that stuff? Yeah, we've got a, we have a good problem right now, which yeah. is, you know, we, we've got a lot of uh, a lot of consignments coming, card consignments coming in, set runs and those type of things. We put a lot of fresh material out into the market. Right. And and, uh, and so, you know, but it takes a lot of work to take that set run um, from when we take it in to get it properly, um, get the get the items properly graded, right. uh, to get them described, imaged, and then, and then really uh, cataloging it properly. We take pride in the fact that we have very few returns on the raw portions of the sets that we sell well. um, because we have to go through and grade them. And it's it's it is well. You mean individually work. grade them with your, but you have you have at least one guy I'm aware of that's an excellent, excellent grader. Yeah, we, that can pre-grade and probably tell you what the grade is going to get. But yeah, but how do you deal with the delays in, in with the backlog of uh, of the, the major grading companies? All seem to be having trouble. Are you such a great customer that you get? Uh, I would imagine you get. Faster turnarounds, but they're still backed up. Yeah, I mean it's it's difficult because it is a deadline business. So as we approach deadlines, they, they do know what the deal is. Right, yeah. they they do work with us, and and we are uh, I I suspect one of the the largest submitters, if not the yeah. largest, for for uh, for a couple of the grading companies. Uh, we're going to do a separate episode about heritage because I, I want to dive deeper into that because I think it's there's some fascinating stuff there, and it's more complicated than what we can deal in this in this interview format, but. Uh, Rich Klein always says, don't interview anybody, just to have a conversation. And that means passing the microphone to the other person. So perhaps you have a question or two of me uh, about what was going on back in the day or what's going on now. I mean, I, I've been retired for 14 and a half years. And in that time, Heritage Sports Auctions has just taken off. I remember we had discussions while I was still at, mm-hmm. at Beckett Publications with you and your dad and, and, and management team there about opportunities to collaborate with, you know, bringing respective strengths. Yep. And then I sold the company, but I think Mark Harwell mm-hmm. did some work for y'all who was my close friend and, and, uh, recently <laughs> departed, uh, but great guy, very, very savvy, great visionary for yep. the, the, uh, the, uh, the digital aspects of, uh, of the hobby. But any questions you have for me? Yeah, sure. You know, when, you know, I know that Beckett, was the price guide, um, you know, you kind of started it out of your home. At what point did you realize this is this is this is really going to be successful? This is I'm going to be able to make a, a this is going to be my career. Well, I was a you know I was a professor when I started, and I I actually it's kind of counter instinctual because I actually got tenure that same year that I published the, the published the first three books. Oh, wow. And so here I was, I'd published these journal articles that were read by hundreds of people. And then I'd written these, 
sports card price guide books that were read by tens of thousands. <laughs> and it, it doesn't take a PhD in statistics to figure out there's more future in the one than the other. So I left my uh, tenured position as a professor and actually did consulting, which also allowed me to incubate the books, but also prepare for the magazines. Right. As soon as the magazines got going, I, I was already doing fine with just the books because that's kind of what was there. But the magazines with the monthly frequency, and of course you can't just do that. There had to be the hobby was so hot then. Mm-hmm. There was monthly activity, even though it was Donruss, Fleer, and Tops, pretty much just in back in 84. And so I thought, but I didn't make any money for a couple of years. I took no paycheck for two years oh, wow. because I was, but I was doing this, this uh, consulting on the side. And so I was burning my candle at both ends, but, but uh, enough to, to keep it going. But somewhere in there and, uh, you know, my, my sister, who was one of my first employees basically said, you know, you're here, here's where it's going to go on me, even though I'm the numbers guy, I'm thinking, she said, you're going to get to 100,000 copies. I said, that's not my goal. I don't know. I, I just wasn't even thinking that way. But I knew it would be successful. I didn't know how successful. And now I realize you may have the same sentiment, is that I got more successful as I continued to add really strong teammates. Right. And you probably feel that same way, too. Absolutely. So once, once that happened, I had additional leverage. I was a smart guy. I was a hard worker. I was in the right place at the right time. Very blessed. But it really took off when we started adding quality people. And so that's that's kind of when I knew. Mm. And then you know everything was going crazy back in then. You were you were I'm sure you were a customer, Chris. I, I want to thank you for your business. Customers for life, maybe. There's a fun little story my mom likes to tell. I had her drive me to Beckett, I think, when I was uh, probably 1988. Yeah. So I could uh, go in and get an application and see if I could get a job working there part-time when I was still in middle school. Well, I don't know. <laughs> we, we, had, we had people that, that, that offered to come to work for us for free. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, that's sort of illegal anyway. <laughs> but, but we got a lot of um, – th- there was a lot of positive vibe in, in the industry. And those were – and it actually – that speaks well of your mom that she would even let you do that. But but it's a pretty wholesome hobby. Yeah. I and mean, there's a little bit of bad stuff going on, but it's a small percentage and it's mostly uh mostly uh pretty wholesome. Yeah. Any other last questions? We're almost out of time. No, no, not not for me. No, we're we're uh, we've we've uh, done enough for today, Chris. I'm delighted to uh to have this little conversation. I want to get you back to talk about heritage auctions and we may have some additional uh, conversations as well. Uh, as listeners may or may not know, Heritage is here in Dallas. So I'm, you know, it's, but I'm not, they're not my sponsor because they're local. They're my sponsor because they're outstanding. So uh, enjoy getting your catalogs and reviewing them, even though I'm not a big bidder usually, but uh, I love looking at the catalogs and the great stuff you're surfacing. So keep up the great work and we will, uh, we'll talk again. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me.